Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The Braves Radio Network channel on the podcast park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. This is Atlanta's exclusive home for Atlanta Braves baseball, bringing you the latest on the Braves all year. Now, the fan presents the Braves Clubhouse Report. On one to Olsen, and he drives one to deep center field, back at the wall, that is pulverized out of the ballpark. Presented by Arrow Exterminators. Call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com. Swung on, Belton, deep right field. This is the home of the Braves, the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Now, the Braves Clubhouse Report. All right, glad to have you with us on another Wednesday afternoon. Braves Clubhouse Report with you 2 to 2.30 Wednesdays. Year-round here on your home of the Braves, the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Kevin McAlpin here with you till the bottom of the hour. Talking all things Braves, spring training as they're taking on the Philadelphia Phillies this afternoon. And we'll get into some of the early spring training storylines coming up here in just a little while. Later on, we're also going to visit with one of the newest voices of the Braves on the TV side of things, C.J. Nitkowski. We'll pick his brain on... On his journey to get home to Atlanta and also what he saw from the Braves at spring training when he was down there last week. We'll do that. Plus, we will hear a couple of cuts from Rick Kranitz coming up here in just a few moments. Of, of course, Cranny sat down with Nick and Chris when they were broadcasting live from spring training last week. We'll do that, plus a whole lot more as we go throughout the course of our show. But as we mentioned, Braves taking on the Phillies in Grapefruit League play today. Braves have just taken a 4-3 lead in the top of the fourth inning on a couple of home runs here this afternoon. Chadwick Trump with his first of the spring. That was a two-run homer in the second inning. And just moments ago, how about Michael Harris the second with his second long ball of the spring session? He also homered on the very first pitch he saw back on Saturday. That was in the Braves Grapefruit League opener over against the Rays in Port Charlotte. That was a ball game started by Spencer Strider, who was outstanding. Two scoreless innings, one walk, four strikeouts. And Strider, for as tough of a customer as he is, as uh, really dominant as he's been his first couple of years in the big leagues breaking out a curveball he's mixing in a new pitch into his arsenal that's going to be a lot of fun to follow and we'll hear from uh, Rick Kranitz coming up his pitching coach here in just a few moments on Monday it was Max Fried making his spring debut he worked two scoreless innings walked one struck out two also saw Forrest Wall hit a homer in that ball game and yesterday all eyes were on Chris Sale up in Bradenton Braves were taking on the Pirates he had two perfect innings with four strikeouts now we heard all offseason after the trade that Sale felt like normal offseason felt like health was where it needed to be and boy he certainly showed that yesterday two perfect innings 25 pitches 16 were strikes and again four punch outs against the Pittsburgh Pirates and then today as we mentioned uh, Braves a 4-3 lead in the middle of the fourth inning in Clearwater taking on their rivals from Philadelphia looking to uh, get their second win of the spring session well obviously uh, the Braves went into this offseason they didn't have a whole lot on the shopping list and that's certainly uh, a good spot to be if you're 
year, a, a team that's won the division six years in a row. And last week, Rick Kranitz had a chance to sit down with Nick and Chris. And one of the big storylines this offseason has been the power arms the Braves have added to their pen. And here's Cranny talking about some of those new arms they added to their arsenal. We don't have to just rely on, you know, one or two guys to get it done in the seventh and eighth innings, right? I mean, we can mix and match, which I believe that will end up helping everybody stay healthy. That's that's big for us. You know, I, I, I remember maybe it was two years ago, I, I, I think we did a study where Mentor was the eighth inning guy, and, and he took down all the big right-handed hitters. I mean, it was it was crazy how many, how many big right-handed hitters he had to get out. You know, and he shouldn't have to do that on a daily basis, right? We we should be able to have other guys that we can, you know, pass yeah. the ball to. So I, I, that's what this going to afford us. I think that we're going to be able to match up certain things and, and keep everybody fresh. And that will certainly be important when you play 162. You want to make sure your big power arms are fresh towards the stretch run, hopefully through October, maybe early into, into early November as well. And the Braves will certainly have some tough decisions to make, especially if they get the production like they got today from Ken Giles. Just mentioned this with Nick and Chris, former Philly closer. Remember, he came up. They called him 100 Miles Giles. This guy could throw the ball triple digits with ease. Well, today he faced the heart of the Philly order, Bryce Harper, Nick Cass. Castellanos and Alec Bohm punched them all out on unhittable sliders. So Ken Giles could very well keep, uh, keep a name to keep an eye on. You talk about power arms in the pen. Could a non-roster invitee make things very interesting? We shall see with one month to go until the Braves open the regular season in Philadelphia on March 28th. A couple of more from Cranny because obviously he had to be thrilled when he heard the news that he added a new starter and a guy who's been a, a top 10 Cy Young voter for a number of years throughout the course of his career. And Rick said he was really really excited to add uh, an arm like a Chris Sale here this offseason. It was like a belated Christmas, great Christmas gift for me, man. Anytime that you can add somebody with that pedigree and the toughness, you know, the determination, um, how he goes out and just you know, competes like nobody else, you know, that rubs off on a lot of guys, right? I'm, I'm really op- welcoming him with open arms, right? I'm glad he's feeling great, and that's the key, right? He's finally feeling good after after a lot of crazy injuries, you know. And obviously injuries have been a part of his past, and he's hoping to leave those in the past as he gets ready for his 14th major league season. Chris Sale right in the middle of that Braves rotation. Excited to see what he can do. And hopefully yesterday is uh, the start of something special for Sale here in 2024. Like I said, two perfect innings against the Pirates in Bradenton. All right, one more from Cranny because uh, Charlie Morton is a guy who's going into his age 40 season. This will be his 17th year in the big leagues, and we've talked about it a lot over the last few few seasons where Charlie, like a fine wine, just seems to get better and better with age. And here's Cranny just talking about how Charlie continues to stay so successful this late in his career. Wow. Yeah. He's such a talented guy, right? He's so talented and, and his arm is just so resilient as well. Right. I think if you look back at some of the freak injuries he's had, not, not a lot of really arm stuff, you know, and I had him in, uh, in Philly, a lot of people don't realize that. You know, I had him, we had him for four days until four games until he he blew his hammer, or he blew his quad out. I think running down the bay or baseline. He's ready to go, right? He knows how to prepare. He knows what he's doing, he, and he doesn't overdo things. He's he had, the, the curveball which he throws. He, how he throws that's that's just amazing what he can do there, right? And how he can spin it, right? Just that alone can buy him a couple years.
Well, he said he wants to pitch till he's in his mid-40s, so that'd be five more years. He'll get him up over 20 seasons in the major leagues. First things first, we'll see if he can do it here again this year going into his age 40 season. Well, one guy who is excited more so than a lot of us around here to get this season started is C.J. Nikowski. Ten seasons in the major leagues, also pitched in Korea, also pitched in winter ball. He bounced around to eight different organizations. He will now be heard on the TV side of things. Going to do about 110 games as Jeff Francoeur's workload has been reduced uh, so he can spend some more time with his family this summer and when we return we'll hear from cj getting a job with the, uh, the, the the hometown team if you will we'll get his thoughts on that plus a whole lot more as we continue on the braves clubhouse report coming up next right here on the fan the braves clubhouse report on 680 the fan cold months in the south mean that rodents critters and pests are trying to find a way into your warm house luckily you could trust the pros at arrow exterminators to keep your home pest free inside and out arrow protects homes and businesses and is the official pest control provider of truist park and the braves so you know you're getting the best from the best to set up a free pest inspection call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com i'm what you might call very good at hide and seek and since we got xfinity we have wi-fi all over the house even in my super secret hiding spots so i can kill time in here by streaming my favorite ha found you how you left to find my tablet on get wall-to-wall wi-fi on the xfinity 10g network restrictions apply not available in all areas actual speeds vary now, here's more Braves talk from inside the clubhouse. This is the Atlanta Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators, on the home of the Braves, the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. We continue on this week's edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report. We're with you Wednesdays, 2 to 2.30 here on the Fan, and we are honored to welcome in our next guest, who is joining us here on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. He's the newest voice of the Braves. You'll catch him on TV all summer long. CJ Nitkowski joining us. And CJ, I would say welcome to Atlanta, but this is mm. almost like a welcome home for you. This has got to be a real thrill for you, right? It is. And as we get closer and closer to the start of the season, we're getting more and more uh, excited about it. Uh, for us, having lived here for 18 years, uh, been in broadcasting now, I guess this will be your number 12. This wasn't even on my radar quite honestly, as a possibility, knowing that uh, Frenchie was locked in as good of a job as he's done, as young as he is. I didn't even let the thought cross my mind that this job would ever be available at all. And then he decided that he wanted to step back and, and reached out. And uh, yeah, we're just, we're so excited about being home, uh, about being able to spend a little bit more time with family. Uh, this is an unbelievable organization, always has been a great team. Uh, I could not ask for a better scenario. I loved what I was doing in Texas. I wouldn't have listened to anybody else but the Braves and even the idea of leaving. And uh, we got to pinch ourselves every once in a while. We're very excited to get started with this. I'm sure it was a bit overwhelming at first. I'm sure you were getting flooded with messages. But now that the dust has settled, man, how excited are you to get into that booth and start seeing this team on a daily basis? Really excited. I got to go down to spring training for a few days. We don't have our first TV game until March 20th. And it's just, you know, it's interesting, right? You cover a team that goes to the World Series. And then usually what happens is that offseason feels really short. This has like been like the longest offseason ever, man, even though I'm <laughs> doing Ranger stuff till the very end of the World Series last year, just because I'm so anxious uh, to get started. I try to remind myself, take the days when you can get them, because, of course, once the season starts, uh, it gets really busy really fast. But I got to tell you, just the whole idea even 
that part of it for me, like I'll do a few more games than I did with the Rangers. I was about 105 with them. I'm doing about 110, 11 or so uh, here with the Braves. And, but just the idea that I will actually get to go to work, come back from work, go, sleep in my own bed, wake up, and then go back to work the next day is something that I really haven't done throughout my life. So uh, that part of it is equally as exciting. Let me ask you this, because you spent a number of years, 10 seasons in the big leagues. You bounced around to a number of different markets. What was it specifically about Atlanta that really felt like home? As you know, I'm a transplant as well. This is my 13th Mm -hmm. season living here. And Atlanta has felt like home for me for the better part of the last decade plus. What was it for you and your family? Yeah, so we have a great community, I think, really all around Atlanta. We were living in Houston actually prior to that. So even though my wife and I are from the Northeast, we knew we were kind of done with with that part of the country for us. Uh, We enjoyed Texas. We enjoyed the suburbs of Houston. uh, But we're looking for something kind of, quote, unquote, a little bit more East Coast. And I remember people talking about Atlanta at the time, and it just worked out well that I got to play here for a little while, got to go to Camp Leo, which is, you know, back then for Leo Mazzoni was a couple of early weeks before spring training. That gave us a free look at Atlanta for those two weeks and then for the you know half a season that we spent here. And we knew uh, right away like this would be it. This is the place that we want to raise the kids. We had two at the time. Now we have three. Uh, the youngest one was born here. And so all he knows is Atlanta. And so I think a lot of it has to do with community, uh, affordability. Uh, the people are just fantastic. And, and I love living here. And, and even though we were working in Texas, like we had talked about it, it's like, ah, it's a little tough on the family, but they still wanted to stay. Every time I check in with the kids, they just did not want to leave. Um, and I was good with that, too, because we just love where we are. We're, you know, we're in Cherokee County um, and we just we adore it. And we're grateful to uh, even found this place, quite, quite honestly, to live uh, and now to be able to work here as well. So there's a lot that we like and there's really not much of anything we don't like about living here. All right. I want to take you on the way back machine because social media is a thing that's been around, what, 15 years, 20 years, maybe uh, if you really want to stretch it back. But you were sort of at the forefront of the whole player fan interaction thing i've never told you this story and i I can't believe i haven't gotten around to it but you had a website you developed and your your emails on there and you could reach out to cj nitkowski and you could ask him any kind of questions my friend and i emailed you we were in high school and we said let's just email this big league player and and see if he'll respond i think the question was how to throw a slider and you wrote us back Uh within the matter of like hours and i'm like this dude i'm gonna follow this dude what was it about the interaction with with fans. I mean, you like I said, you were one of the first people to really, as an athlete, embrace, you know, the 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 two way communication between the athlete and the fans. That really seems like it's it's really hard to attain at times. Yeah, it was all accidental. It wasn't intentional. I do think that the one thing, you know, I got to play when it was all said and done over the course of 19 seasons, and it's pretty easy to lose kind of what it's like to be a fan, remember what it's like to be a fan over that time. I don't think I ever completely lost it. There might have been times where, you know, things are going well and you're a steady big leaguer and it's you know maybe hard to, to really be, remain that person. Uh, I do think, you know, your, your friends and your family are the ones that always keep you grounded. So I never forgot what that was like for the most part. And the whole internet thing is it was kind of launching. I was a guy who always carried a computer around. I had a computer in 1995 and got made fun of uh, for having a computer and and toting it around Um, at the time. Of course, now everybody has some kind of uh, device that that they're carrying. And just, you know, back in the day before there was MLB.com, all the teams ran their websites independently. 
and I went to camp with Houston after getting traded from Detroit. And the guys that were running the, the website with the Astros asked me if I'd be interested in writing a newsletter if I had made the team in 97. I did not make the team. Uh, they asked me to still do it anyway from AAA New Orleans. And I was like, well, who who would want to even do that? Who cares? I'm like, sure, I'll do it for you. I didn't think much about it. And that was the first year of ball, the ballpark had opened up in New Orleans. So it was this beautiful place. And there was a lot going on. And so I was writing a letter every couple of weeks uh, that was going out to this email list that just continued to grow and grow and grow over the course of the season. And realize that people actually crave some of that interaction, even in AAA, uh, what's going on behind the scenes. And now it's such commonplace that, and there's so much video and things that are available and, and players that are out there. But none of that existed. And I realized, you know what, people like, like this enough. I need to come up with a place where they don't have to wait on the, on the newsletter every two weeks. And I came up with the idea of a website. It was an AOL website to start. Uh, back in the AOL days, and it had this ridiculously long address to get to it. Um, and then eventually, uh, within the year, I, I came up with cjbaseball.com and and would play around. It's still there. I don't use it nearly as much, um, but it was a great way to, to interact with fans and give them that behind-the-scenes look. I take videos you know, from the bullpen to the dugout, those kind of walks and all that stuff. And the footage, the quality of the footage is so low. On this digital camera that I had that a three-and-a-half-inch floppy disk went inside the camera. That's how big the camera was um, that I was using. And so I just I always enjoyed the interaction. It can be tough to keep up sometimes as a player uh, doing those kinds of things. But it's just one of those things that I kind of fell into. And uh, and I get uh, credited with being the first player to actually be on the Internet interacting with fans. Well, the technology certainly changed. I mean, you're not lugging around a camcorder anymore. You're not carrying around no. a huge computer. I mean, you got that in your pocket now. It is amazing how it's changed, isn't it? It is, and it's also dangerous. Like, there's a part of me that's pretty grateful that there wasn't social media during the height of my career. Because even having the website, you know, there were times where I might have been frustrated about something. I went to an arbitration hearing uh, one year that I felt was unnecessary and wrote about it, and probably shouldn't have. Uh, and so there was that opportunity to to speak out without a filter. And even then, there was at least somewhat of a delay because I was uploading to a web page as opposed to just grabbing your phone and you know putting something on Instagram or on X. Uh, it, I'm just grateful. I mean, it, it existed during the end of my career, but in the height of it, uh, being the idea of being unfiltered during a major league season, I don't think is is such a great idea. <laughs> CJ Nikowski is joining us here on the Braves Clubhouse Report. You'll catch him all summer long with Brandon Gauden on the TV side of things. CJ, I want to ask you because your career took you to so many different markets uh, throughout the course of, of all those years. You got to have a pretty good support system around. How important was family to you knowing how many different places you went? You played international. You played winter ball. I mean, I'm sure there were probably days you woke up, look out the window and couldn't remember what market you were in. But how important was that support system for you over all those years? Yeah, hugely. You know, I was fortunate that I met my wife when we were in college. Uh, she was a softball player. And so she knew the game and she loved the game. She was, and I hate to say this now, but we'll just be honest about it. It doesn't exist anymore, but she was a huge 1986 Mets fan. Like she can read off. If you asked her the starting lineup of the 86 Mets, she could absolutely uh, recite it. And I tease her because I got to play for the Mets for like a month. And I said, I made your dreams come true. You got to marry a Met. Uh, <laughs> but we are Atlanta through and through uh, these days for sure. Uh, but her, having her, uh, first of all, have that background. And then be with me from the very beginning. You know, when I met her, she was a year younger than me when I transferred into St. John's. Uh, I wasn't necessarily on the path to becoming a professional baseball player. I just came from a Division II school, had a pretty bad year, and was trying to, you know, kind of get my act together. And then things kind of took off over those next couple of years. But she had been with me from the very beginning uh, of that. And so have been married now for 25 years. And just being there consistently, uh, what was nice about it was – you know, for me, for sure, because I have somebody I can talk about the game with, uh, bounce things off of, and, and you have kind of your built-in psychologist and best friend with you uh, the entire way. But then for the kids, once we started having children, 
Uh, she was the rock. She was there consistently. And so there was at least that one consistency in their life. They knew that what my deal was in traveling. And I've always never known exactly what to make of it. But my three children uh, in all those years, whether I was, you know, going on a road trip, going to Korea, going to Japan, going to winter ball, not a single tear for one of my children over the years. And I credit my wife for that. So it helps relieve some of the guilt of the travel that went on over the years. And so I could go on forever, uh, but hugely important, important having that consistency in our family life. Yeah, I traveled with the team for eight years. I can tell you that the wives are the uh, they're the rock stars, man. They're the MVPs holding down the fort for what seven and a half, eight months throughout the course yeah. of the season. Hey, let's flip the page to 2024. I know uh, you got a game coming up in a few weeks. You've already been down to spring training. Uh, not a bad complex they've got there in Northport. What were your initial thoughts uh, on on uh, the Braves complex there, and and just what you saw from this team as they kicked off spring training last week? Yeah, so it blew me away, first of all, seeing Northport and all all facets of it, but even seeing the minor league side. At one point, we were kind of set up over there and seeing what the minor leaguers have available uh, to them. I mean, what a difference. I go back to my first year, my first spring training, where we were given soup and crackers in Plant City, Florida, for the Cincinnati Reds, and now they have just these unbelievable facilities and uh, access to, to food and supplements and great weight rooms. I mean, we weren't even lifting uh, weights. It was kind of taboo when I first broke in, and things changed over the years. So seeing the progression there, uh, to me, is is really cool, and to see the, the the resources that are poured into the development, all the way from the lowest level of the minor leagues uh, at that complex in particular. And it's interesting, you know, covering the Rangers all these years, and having an, uh, a complex to yourself, right? They shared one with the Royals, and so something as simple as seeing the guys do a lot of the work at the stadium which didn't happen. When you share a complex, the stadium was essentially reserved for the big games. And so when you're doing that and just seeing a live BP for Spencer Strider and when he was facing Austin uh, and facing Matt Olson, it was kind of neat to see just to have, not that it matters that much, but just happening in that stadium and realizing this is their place. Uh, What they had in that, I guess, that lecture hall with about 200 or so seats is incredible and the meetings and the things that go on these days, uh, the comfort level. So all of that really stuck out. It's just a a gorgeous facility uh, up and down the line. And then the sense of, winning everybody has the optimism in spring training i mean even some of the teams that are maybe the worst on paper there's some sense of optimism this is a different level here obviously with all the division titles uh, but the reality of and i know we don't like using the phrase or it's a little cliche but a world series or bus mentality is real here it's not like hey if everything goes perfect like that is a real goal for this team and you get a feel from everybody involved from what they have to say uh, what they talk about with new guys where's the focus for everything uh, that is a a real a thing for them that matters and making sure that everybody's on board that really stuck out. And then I know you've been around this team a ton. I know these personalities. Well, I think one of the things that just really jumped out at me and, and I had the same experience when I played here was just the quality of people uh, that they have brought in, how nice everybody is, the, you know, just the quality of people. Everybody tries to put an organization together with good players and good people. It's not always easy to do. And it's not to say everybody has to be a saint. You can't win if they're not. Uh, but they've done something really special here. And Alex, with all the homework that they do on people uh, before they bring them in, uh, you got to see it firsthand. At least I did for the first time. And it's it's pretty incredible. I was going to ask you about that. All the different clubhouses you were a part of over the course of your career, that camaraderie, that chemistry, you probably don't get that in every organization. I'm sure there's some groups that, so guys stick to themselves. They don't, you know, mesh off the field. And, and Alex has talked about how important that is for him and this group. And I'm, I'm sure you were part of some some teams that didn't have that feel. And it, it seems like with this group, that translates onto the field. And I guess that that's, a, that's something you probably experienced as, as well over the years, right? 
no doubt. And I played on more bad teams than I played on good teams. And I always tell people, no, losing brings out the worst in you. Uh, that's when you're tested the most. So these bonds that these guys are building and all the success they're having, and of course we want to see continued success and never a bump in the road, but that's probably not reality, is that when that bump in the road comes, that's when that chemistry becomes so important, right? Everybody's a great guy when everything's going well and good to their teammates and they like everybody. What happens when things start going bad? Well, the bonds here now, I think the way this team is built, that they'll be able to survive those pretty easily. Um, and like I said, I've seen it. I've seen plenty of fights over the years, fights on planes, fights on the bus, you know, guys not getting along. And a lot of times the message was, listen, you don't have to like each other, but you have to respect each other. And to me, that's probably the the bottom part. Like, that's where you start from. You'd like everybody to, to kind of get along, of course, respect and pulling for your your teammates and doing everything you can to help them because ultimately that helps the team win is is always a central message. Uh, but it doesn't always play out that way. And you're going to get guys that get selfish. You're going to get guys that are that are burned by the fact that maybe something didn't go well, say, in arbitration or even for the pre-arbitration players that don't like what happened uh, with their contract and they have a tendency maybe, not always, but sometimes can get a little selfish, start thinking about themselves. The team is bad, right? Things aren't going well. Just worrying about yourself. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's not a great environment to be in. Uh, leadership is really important to make sure that doesn't happen. But having the right people in the room is probably the most important part, and that's what the Braves have accomplished. Hey, last one for you, because I know you have a radio show coming up here in just a little while as well. When you start looking at the landscape of the National League, I know depending on what website you look at, it's the Dodgers and the Braves, or it's the Braves and the Dodgers as the two favorites. When you start comparing those, those teams, and I'm sure you haven't really dove into all the Braves' opponents as of yet, but when you start looking lineup-wise, one through nine, when you start looking at the bullpen, when you start looking at the depth, and the success this team's had, where do you sort of see those top two teams? I think we all feel like it'll probably come down to L.A. and Atlanta. Where do you kind of feel the landscape of this National League going into the start of the season? Yeah, the Braves are the best team on paper. I would have said that if I was still a Texas Rangers broadcaster. And because of how deep they run, I'm fascinated to see how this works out with Jared Kelnick kind of sliding right in because I think he certainly has, you know, 3,100 uh, potential in this lineup in particular. Maybe those are too high expectations to put on him, but that's the one guy we don't know a lot about yet as far as how that's going to play out uh, with him. Uh, you mentioned the bullpen. This bullpen is so ridiculously deep that it's going to take so much pressure off the starters. Like the, the effect for Chris Sale of this lineup and bullpen to me. I mean, he could not be in a better spot. He would not be in a better spot if he was on the Dodgers. He would not. Uh, even though I know they don't push very hard with their uh, starters either. Like the idea of asking him to be a five-inning pitcher uh, over the course of the year could really yield some tremendous results. Obviously, we saw a great first outing uh, from him. So the Braves are the better team on paper. The Dodgers, while they've spent all the money and they're trying to catch up uh, to do it, and certainly they have some really great players, they also have a lot of question marks. You know, pitching-wise in particular, I'm sure Yamamoto is going to be fine, but he still has to prove it. You know, the guy who was pitched in Japan before, we've seen enough Japanese pitchers come over, and, and sometimes you're going to get some really good ones, and some guys are going to struggle to adjust. I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but it's still an unknown. Tyler Glass now, when healthy, is good. When healthy is a big part of what happens with Tyler Glass now. He doesn't pitch whole seasons, right? That's a big deal uh, for them. They brought in James Paxson, had to lower his contract because of an injury, right? So, so there's a lot going on. There's a lot of uncertainty. Walker Buehler sounds like he's not going to be ready to start the season. That means relying on a younger arm like Emmett Sheehan. Um, and while they're really good and while I believe they'll probably win that National League West, they have way more question marks uh, than the Braves do. And so for that reason alone, even though they're both great rosters, uh, that makes the Braves a better team for me. Uh, opening days, one month from today, by the way, man. You got me you got me fired up just hearing that, uh, that quick <laughs> that breakdown of those two teams. Listen, CJ, we could do this all day. I know you got a show to do. You got uh, prep work to do for the upcoming season. Really appreciate the time. We're looking forward to following it and uh, looking forward to seeing you up in the press box here in a couple of weeks, my friend. 
Can't wait, Kevin. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate All right, it. That's CJ, CJ Nikowski joining us here on the Braves Clubhouse Report. One more break. We'll wrap things up on the other side right here on The Fan. This is the Braves Clubhouse Report, exclusively on 680 The Fan. Some choices are complicated, like do I get peanuts or popcorn? Thankfully, others are much simpler, like rooting for the Braves and choosing Truest One Checking. No overdraft fees, lots of perks you can cheer for, and when your account balances grow, you get upgraded automatically. Oh, and with more than 130 Atlanta branches, you can add convenience to the list of perks too. Truest One Checking, one simple choice. Brands count as of May 31st, 2023. Atlanta Metro Area, Truist Bank member FDIC. The 2 p.m. hour is brought to you by Southern Exteriors, the Southeast's premier home exterior solution. Quality and precision you can rely on for over 20 years. Visit southernexteriors.co. You're listening to the Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators, exclusively on Atlanta's sports station, the home of the Braves, the fan. Great stuff there from C.J. Nikowski. Appreciate his time. Of course, you'll hear him this summer. Braves baseball, a month from today. Opening day is right around the corner. Cannot wait. And, of course, every pitch all spring training long can be heard on our family of stations. Ben Ingram and Joe Simpson doing the call right now. Braves and Phillies in the fifth inning in Clearwater. Phillies a 5-4 lead. Braves looking for win number two on the spring session. Of course, you'll get weekend games here on the Fan and the Braves Radio Network. And then we'll fire things up for real one month from today, March 28th. Braves and Phillies, and it'll count. It'll be for real in Philadelphia, kicking off the regular season. Three with the Phillies, then off to the south side of Chicago. Braves and the White Sox before they return home for their home open against the National League champion Arizona Diamondbacks. That still feels really, really strange to say. So again, we are getting fired up here at the fan. Cannot wait. And of course, we'll uh, look forward to bringing you all the coverage you're used to getting all summer long right here on the fan. Well, one guy I know is fired up. Fired is Matt. Up. I mean, you you are fired up. You're ready, aren't you? I hate the fact that the Braves have to start where it's going to be like 38 degrees. <laughs> right. I feel like every year it's like, let's start in Philly. Then we're going to go to Chicago. It's going to be 28 degrees. You remember the one... <laughs> The one time they went to Colorado early in the year and it was like 11 degrees or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. (laughs) Nobody needs that life. How baseball schedule, which I know it's a lot more intricate than I'm giving it credit for. There's got to be a way to manipulate it where we're playing the first two weeks in Miami and Atlanta and Arizona. And we're instead of going to south, the south side of Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) Chicago is lovely in the first week. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) The Ivy's not on the the wall in in Wrigley. The, you know, the weapons aren't completely put away on the south side of Comiskey. Oh, wait, it's not Comiskey anymore. Yeah. I think that place has changed names more than uh, whatever Dolphins Stadium Yeah, they're about to now. change cities. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't they U.S. Cellular or something at one point? Guaranteed or? rate. And, I, yeah, can't, I, I, can't, much. I can't keep track of all of it. But, yeah, no, but I, I am fired up one month from today. Can you believe it? We have a uh, practice run of uh, 680 game day we're going to go through live on the air today. Really? What's well, our spring training. You can't just get into that kind of a concept without having some sort yeah. of a, a preview of a spring training. So we'll do that uh, coming up later. W- will there be a starting lineup with Domino drops? Like That's yeah. the big question I have. Oh, there it there is. might be, yes. <laughs> Around 3 o'clock, that might be a thing that happens. Just to, yes, that's exciting, I know. So, yeah, we'll have that coming up. I got to tell you, I hear that every single weekday when I'm sitting out here getting ready to do the pregame show, and it makes I have to stop what I'm doing. It makes me laugh every single time. That's the beauty of it. So, to me, listen, Domino's, he brings a smile to a lot of faces. <laughs> 
You bring a smile to a lot of oh, faces, thank too. You, you were just uh, on a little vacation. Was. I was. We just missed each other, apparently. Course, as I saw you were down at the kingdom, which is magic. I was. The uh, happiest, most expensive place on earth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you leave at the end of the week thinking, oh, God, how am I going to pay my bills? Yeah. Oh, price is going up, too, I saw. On everything. Every. Not just the, the park ticket. <laughs> the but one day, take it to Animal Kingdom, by the way, when it's not surge pricing. Mm-hmm. Um like hundred and nineteen dollars. Oh, yeah, to might get be more, in and, sure. Yeah. So there was a family in front of me who <laughs> this is always a jarring one. You can tell they haven't been much. They got like four waters, a Mickey bar, and like, <laughs> you know, a uh I don't know, a push up, a push up pop. That'll be fifty two dollars. And they went the guy went fifty two I was like, You're paying Disney prices. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's insulting. Well, I will say this seeing it through the eyes of a three year old daughter was right. probably the most rewarding. It, it, look, it, it's it's, awesome. it's fun. We had a great time. And they that's why they know you're gonna keep shelling out the money. <laughs> exactly. Because you want the kids to enjoy it and the parents have their moments. There was a point we did rope drop at eight AM Saturday morning, which is insane. Till eleven at night, uh-huh. and at about nine, my wife and I tapped out, and the kids just ran the park. We're like, we I, shin splints, and they like you, everybody counts their steps at Disney. And I was at like thirty thousand steps. So I was like, I'm out. Yeah. They ran the park for the final two hours, and we sat on a bench like a couple of old people. <laughs> well, that's the way to do it. You got it. It felt good though. Oh, it when felt you crazy. sat down and knew you didn't have to get up for several I mean, minutes, I just they're like, we're gonna go on Thunder Mountain Railroad again. No, we're not. You are, and they're old <laughs> enough where they can go on their own and have a time. Yeah. Well, I, I will say Disney. It's not a vacation. No. That is not. A vacation. You need a vacation from you, the vacation. Once you get done, now you need to go lay on a beach somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We told the kids, nobody bother us. We're, we're sitting on the couch all That's day. exactly Sunday. right. Well, I know you guys aren't sitting around. What do you got coming up on the uh, big program today? <sighs> we have a lot, uh, K-Mac, a lot to cover, including uh, we go to the NFL Combine there in Indianapolis to talk to our agent to the stars, Hadley Englehart, to tell us about all the conversations that are happening, why we're not getting guys working out the way they once did, doing the drills, and how much the NFL – cares about that or not, all the trade stuff around Justin Fields and the Falcons quarterback, that continues. So we count down to Braves. So it's going to be a hoot nanny today. I can't wait till 3 o'clock. I'm going to be honest I'm excited. With Let's fast forward now. It's appointment radio. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for the Braves Clubhouse Report. Chuck and Chernoff have you the rest of the way this afternoon. Big thanks again to CJ Nitkowski for spending some time with us here on the show. And we'll do it again next week as we will be a week closer to opening day right here on your home of the Braves, the Fan 680 at 93.7 FM. Thanks for listening to this week's Inside Look at the Atlanta Braves. Join us every Wednesday at 2.30 when we take you inside the Braves Clubhouse. It's the Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators, an exclusive presentation of the Atlanta Braves at WCNN North Atlanta, a Dickie Broadcasting Station, the home of your Atlanta Braves, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 
Hey, Alana, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 